Ron Clayton and, uh, and all the people that help him and Justin and give them a big hand. Would you do that? They're just amazing. Um, we do have uh, First Wednesday coming up and um, we also are, you know, just believing God for great things that are happening here. So this message and, and what God is doing in clarity is going to help lay some foundation on where we're headed and what's going on. We have actually, as a church, in the nine weeks that we have had off, we have flourished during this pandemic. God has done some awesome things. Um, you've seen on our building the lit up logo that we have. That's our church logo, and we, we put that up a long time ago. We'll be in the building two years this July, um, and we actually, I ordered it, and we're waiting on it to come in. We paid cash for our sign that goes on the building that will light up as soon as it comes in, hopefully in a week. Uh, uh, it should be coming in, and then our team will get that up on the on the uh, board. And then we're doing, we're looking at things, and we're we have priorities, and so we're gonna we're gonna discuss um, with uh, our headship and different things, our the leadership of what we need to do. We're we're looking at our next phase of putting on a brand new um, opening entryway where we have a drive-through. You know, in inclement weather, you don't have to get soaked, as uh, you know, you kind of. Like Noah and his family, if it's raining and you come up here, we have our greeters with umbrellas, but you know, you still, so we'd like to do that and provide a new open foyer, a uh, way to, you know, to help into the building. And then we are looking at our kids town space and uh, youth 180 and uh, Ron was right. 180 met last Thursday, 19 students were here and just had an incredible time. And we're just stoked about what God is doing. So you're at the right place at the right time, and obviously you're looking around and going, boy, there's, there's empty seats. Well, it's our first time back in nine weeks, and people are, we're okay with that, and I want you to be okay with that. There's people that are watching us now online, and um, that's fine, and, and they feel safer right now to do that, and we're okay with that as well. And so we don't want you to feel anything uh, about this. So I'm going to give you a couple quick rules here before I actually get started. At the end, Ron you know, told you about offering. We're not passing the offering basket as we have normally in the past right now. On your, uh, by that exit right over there, you'll see two baskets there. And you'll see things on your chairs there with pens. And if you need a pen, the ushers have plenty. And we'll make sure that you get that. And so I'll try to remember that, Scott, to, if you need a pen. And uh, we'll make sure that you get one. Your connection card. Connection will start next week as well. There's plenty of room to do social distancing up in the balcony. If you say, man, I want to be part of this as God is growing this place. We're looking at doing phases on the building. All kinds of great things are going to be happening. So we're excited about that. But anyway, uh, you'll drop the offering in the basket on your way out. You don't have to pass or touch anything. You're going to go out that exit door right there. And uh, not the door that you came in, but that leads out to the same place. So this isn't like Cedar Point. We're not going to send you someplace and you go, I don't know where I am. We're going to send you right out that way. And uh, you'll be able to see the parking lot, your cars, and all that. It's all good. So, you know, we're just trying to make the, the best that we can for you. There's um, stations there with hand sanitizer, and feel free to use those. And you were, you know, encouraged to use that on the way in. So, hope that answers your question. We don't have any kids town, nor nursery, or cafe right now. Again, we're just going in stages. It's not that we don't want to have it. We are trying to do the best we can to keep everybody as safe as we can. So, as soon as we're available and allowed to do that you know and we will add those here in the next couple of weeks as god helps us with just how to do it i mean you know here's the thing we met with all our leaders nobody's pastored through a pandemic this is kind of a first for all of us uh, and you you know you're living through it 
Um, so you'll be able to, you know, as the Lord tarries, you'll be able to tell your children, remember that, you know. Uh, I love spending time with my grandmother um, because she would tell me how Marion was when she was a kid and things that she had lived through. And being able to say, I went through this and candy bars were this big that we pay a dollar for, they paid a nickel for. You know, and there used to be a store there. That's not there anymore. Or this was all nothing. And there's a picture of the house we live in right now. I think my brother-in-law gave it to me that my house, our house was built, what, 1920, 1925, something like that. But it's a picture of the house on the boulevard. And it is that house there. And there's like one other house over here, maybe a house way down. It's, it's weird to see a picture. Now you see it. And of course, there's houses that line both sides. But it's kind of crazy. Do you ever think about stuff like that? Like, what was it like to live back then? Or what was, you know, how did that work? You're, in, you're alive now because God wants you to do things for the kingdom. He, you're here on purpose for a purpose. So you were created. We're going to talk about that in just a second. We welcome you. We thank you for being here. We've been talking about clarity. And this is week three. And this one is called, I titled it, I Get It. Because this is going to deal with us. It is about us and, and our faith, our individuality as far as how we operate in our faith. And I want you to get it. It's about me, myself, and I, so to speak. I'm not trying to say the chief stands alone, but, you know, Jesus, how many times did he say something like, your faith, your faith, not my faith, your faith. You know, so it is something that we have to understand. We need clarity. People are looking for answers. Now, I will say this. I believe that we are in an unprecedented time. I believe that God is about to release his spirit in heavier dimensions and so we're going to see it in our services we are a uh a pentecostal uh church independent non-denominational so you know but we do believe in all of the gifts i do believe we're going to start seeing some of those things in our services we've seen them in some of the services but here and there and we've we've done a lot of things with those gifts in the past kim and i have and and as god has done that but i do believe we're getting in a time where people are like i just need free I mean, I don't care. I just need free. I need answers. I need how to, how do I do this? So again, we are talking about clarity. God, give me, give me something that I can go, you know what? I can do that. I can see that clearly. Remember that song? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see. Okay. <clears throat> you ready? He's weird. Yeah, well, what's new? John uh, chapter 2, 1 through 11. You're going to recognize this story, but it really helps us to kind of understand. Every thought I give you today, every point is going to start with the letter I, because we're talking about things that we personally need to do. This is the first miracle that Jesus ever did, turning the water into wine. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. You need to underline that Jesus was invited. You need to understand. We'll, I'll explain. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, go to the 7-Eleven. No, that's not what it says. Just make sure you're awake. Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. I love this, and I said this on a Facebook Live during Mother's Day week. This is what Jesus says. His mom says, now, how many understands that Mary knows why Jesus is here? I mean, if anybody knows who the Son of God is, got to be Mary, because the angel shows, you're going to be great with child, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. How can I be pregnant? I don't know a man. I'm telling you how this is going to happen. She knows how he got here. So she goes to him and says, we're out of wine. They need more wine. 
And this is his response. He's very nice. He's very kind. He always honors his mother. <laughs> and he says, dear woman, I've never called my mom. I've never said my mom has asked me to do a lot of things. Never said, dear woman. <laughs> dear woman. He says, dear woman, that's not our problem. Have you ever said that? To your spouse or to your friend? That's not my problem. But I mean, I started looking at this and I'm like, wow, Jesus is, he's kind of like, I mean, we're kind of like him in ways. Dear woman, that's not our problem. Anyway, that's what he says. She, Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants. Now, this is just like a mom. She doesn't, it doesn't record that she goes back and says, look here, look at my face. She doesn't say anything like that. She just knows he's going to do it. So she tells the servants, you go do what he says. Whatever he tells you, you do. There is no rec record of her going back and saying, Jesus, please. But this is what she says. So she goes to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. That's a lot of water. Now think about it. You do the math, 6 times 30, that's 180 gallons of water. That is not going to get filled very quickly, is it? That's, that's a lot, because it's not like... I don't know that there was a garden hose invented back then. You know what I'm saying? You know, all the boys in the room would be like, yeah, Dad would have had me get a bucket. Go fill those. I can, I can picture that. Do whatever he tells you. All those need water. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And then I put this in, in bold. When the jars had been filled, not before they were filled, not when most of them were filled, not when they were half full, not, but it says when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out, take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, the disciples had, had seen it, and of course his mom knew. Uh, and he says, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everybody's had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. You know what he's talking about. If they give you enough wine in the beginning, you're a little tipsy. So then it doesn't really matter what they give you in the end. That's the principle. Are you still with me? Okay, just keeping track. But they say you've kept the best till now. The miraculous sign of Canaan and Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. They saw this. They, they knew they dipped water into those things. They knew they filled them with water and yet they turned into wine. Again and again, Jesus begins to show them the kingdom. They begin to see now how does this happen? And that's where you and I have to go. How does that happen? Because you need to understand. Sometimes we think it just happens because it's Jesus. And I want to say yes and no. It does happen because it's Jesus. So it will happen with you because it's Jesus. Jesus in you. Jesus with you. Jesus for you. Jesus on you can do the things that Jesus did and greater. It's interesting to note that before this miracle happened, Jesus had just came back from the wilderness. Of which God put him in the wilderness. God, the Bible says that God had him go in the wilderness. Have you ever had wilderness time? Wilderness time is not fun time. Wilderness time is usually learning time. It's easy. Isn't it easy to dance on the mountaintop 
when the government check comes in or something. <laughs> and, you know, like, yeah. But it's not so easy to dance when you still have to do the right thing and there isn't food in the fridge or things like that. The Bible says the Israelites went through the wilderness. And it says for two things, to humble them and to test them. You know, they wanted to go into the promised land. And God set up things just to kind of help them. Okay, you can go out. You need food. I'm going to put food on the ground. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do it six days. On the sixth day, I need you to gather twice as much because you don't need to do anything on the seventh day, the Sabbath, the day of rest. You don't need to get. They still went out. And there was no food there on the seventh day. You know what I'm saying? He's... This is what happens. We pray for some big thing. But maybe if we would conquer the little thing, the big thing would come sooner. Maybe if we would just say, okay, God, I'm going to start doing what you tell me to do now. I believe that this church is here by divine appointment. When this building first came to PK and I, I came to me first. They said, were you interested in the building? My first response was, no. That's what I, th- I just said, no, I don't need, why would I want the moose? We don't want the moose. And I went home and told PK that, and she said, oh, I've been praying about that. I'm like, oh, you have, don't you remember? And then I remembered because she told me. But she had told me, we were, we were sitting at the light there right in front of rallies. And there was this place, had cars coming in and out. She goes, one day, cars will be pulling in and out of there for God. That's what I want to see. That place needs to be used for God. I remember her saying that now. But she had to bring that back to my memory. And I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Make a long story short, here we are. That's a good time to clap. Good, good job, yes. Kudos to the girls in the back. Yeah. All right. Our first thought for clarity, Lord, show me what I need to do. And that's the thing. If we know what to do, we can do it. My son played for football uh, at, a, at a school, it was a Christian school. And I watched the team, and it was pathetic. I'm telling you, it was bad. And I couldn't take it. And I was, a, I was a football nut, and I was good at football. Football and karate, those were my two sports. I'm like, it's, and they told my son, the coach said, Gleesman, get over here. And he runs over, you know, and yes, yes, coach, I need you to go in at left defensive end. He goes, okay, where is that? And he goes, my, my left when I'm looking, or, or, you know, can you, because he never played that part. And the coach is like, oh, just go in there. And he goes in there and he gets in front of a guy that looks like, hey, hey, hey. And he looks back at me and he's like, I'm going to die. You're going to see me the last time. And this is the last time we'll ever make eye contact. And there is fear in his eyes. And I, I watched him 
And he's like, I don't even know what to do. Well, the guy ran right over him, right around him. And, and the guy, the coach, says, get out of here. Come back here. And he runs over there. And he's, and Zach is just like, eh. you know, he looks like he's, he's going to cry. I'm in the stands. Now, if that's your kid, what do you want to do? I'm just like, oh. I'm like, okay, that, that's it. That's it. So he sends him in over <laughs> nose guard, over the center. This guy was bigger than the other guy. But he knows where center is. So he sends him over there. And before he sends him, I go down and I grab Zach's helmet and pull him in. You know, so now my eyes are looking at his helmet. I said, look at my face. I said, what? I said, this guy is going to come at you hard. And he's like, (laughs) I said, but once he hits you, that's it. That's as bad as it'll get. You will live. You will survive. Just do your best. The worst one will be this time. You get through this time, it's all downhill from here. And I think in his, under his breath, he's like, it's all downhill anyway, Dad. I don't know. So he goes out there. The guy plows him over. I mean, and it's not pretty. And he rolls over from the pile. He looks at me, and I went like that. And he goes, after the game. I went to the coach and said, I want to help you. Will you let me help you? He said, what? I said, can I help coach? He said, uh, okay, what? Well, what do you? And so I told him what the experience I've had in coaching I'd coached before. And he said, sure. I said, let me take the defense. He said, okay. And so make a long story short, God used me to help that. That was fine. They didn't have but three games left, and they won two of the three games. So God was good. And they almost won the third one. But situations like that, you need to understand, you need clarity. He just said, like, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I, how do I do? What, I've never played this before. And that's part of our battle. And the enemy will keep you confused and keep you at bay and not effective if you don't have clarity. Here's our first I. So let me get started, and this won't take long. Invitation. Jesus was invited to the wedding. Isn't that cool? I mean, if you're going to invite somebody, that'd be cool. Of course, they, they don't really understand or know who they, you know. To him, he's Jesus, Mary's son, Joseph's son, the carpenter boy. They might have heard what he proclaimed to be. He's got a following now, disciples, whether all of them believed it or not, don't know. But yet he's invited, so he's there. You, if you want to have clarity on what you need in your life, remember what Ron just said in the announcements, you were created on purpose for a purpose. You want to find out what that is? You have to invite Jesus in. You have to invite him. Because you'll never know your God-given potential or your God-given purpose without Christ. You won't know it. You'll kind of, you know, you might go and you, you know what you're good at and all that. And that may be something obviously God gave you. But to have a success, complete success at it, you need Jesus. Period. Because he opens doors that no man can open, and he shuts doors that no man can shut. He gives you favor. You just sang about it. God has invited you to be participators in his kingdom. You know, I told you that story about the fight and all that stuff. That was this service, right? Okay. Yeah, just making sure. I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Anyway, um, That's what God does. He uses you to have the authority. He gave it to you, 
but he won't do it for you. You have to exercise it. You know, I could tell God all day, I, I want muscles. I want to do this. I want to do that. And God would be like, okay. He created muscles, but he, I don't wake up one morning. And Now, that's not saying I have a whole lot right now. But what I'm saying is, in the past, I just want to get in better shape now. So get that. But I had to still put my, come on, I had to put my investment in it. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But I had to invite God into my heart to say, what do you want me to do and how do you want me to do it? Had Jesus not been at the wedding, there'd have been no miracle. There'd have been no water. and There'd just been water. Of course, they could have been, you know, maybe not, they'd not known the difference, but evidently they did. But there'd have been no miracle. But God is setting things up. I believe in TLC here at True Life. He's getting ready to do things. He is setting it up for people like you that are saying, I'm going to find out, God, just exactly what you need me to do. And it is going to be awesome. You know how we handle this pandemic? People are watching. You say you're a believer. You might say nobody cares. They care. They're watching. You do something wrong, they'll tell you. I, you know, I was at the, uh, the protest rally yesterday. I was proud of Marion. I really was. They handled themselves very well. It was peaceful. I was proud of the mayor. I was proud of our police force. I was proud of the people. I was like, yes, way. You know, it hasn't gone like that in other places. We went, check it out. I went to Columbus yesterday. And on the way back, picking up an item Justin and I picked up for him and Mal, we went down High Street. Almost every shop on High Street is boarding their, their walls. It, it is like preparing for a hurricane. You know what they're preparing for? Riots. It's crazy. I mean, it's like you're living. It's almost like you, you can't even believe you're seeing what you're seeing. I mean, there are people on both sides just chung, 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 chung. And they're as fast as they can laying sheets of plywood against the glass. And there are some glass that's already had bricks thrown through it. We saw it. I'm like, dear Jesus, there's, there's a lot of wrong in this world. But by invitation, and you know the invitation only is how Christ comes? You can't just, well, he'll just come. No, he has to be invited. He has to be invited. You have to. You have to invite him. You cannot get Jesus in your heart because your dad had him in his heart or your grandpa or your grandmama or Uncle Festus or whatever. So invite him. What's going on in your life? Have you invited Jesus to show up? God, just show me. Give me some clarity on what to do. Does he have priority in your, in your daily schedule? Did you know success is in your daily routine? There are people that just ask Jesus in only when they're in trouble. I've had people that said, would you pray for me? Yes, I would be glad to pray for you. But they want me to pray for them when they're sick. They never want prayer from anybody when everything is right only when something is very very wrong then we need god and if god doesn't answer quickly the bible says seek first the kingdom i know before we uh pk and i pastor ken we uh we used to pay who screamed the loudest and then see what we had left to take care of at church anybody feel that way before if you don't pay me you know you hated that but God has taught us how to, to use our finances for the kingdom and how to operate. 
and how to do things and do it with integrity. And he's changed our whole everything. I mean, not just our credit score, but everything. I mean, we've been bankrupt. We've been on um, WIC, um, where they, and whatever that is, where they deliver the peanut butter and the Cheerios and all that. We did that. That was fun. No, it wasn't. I do like peanut butter, though. Just a side note. Here's our second thought. <laughs> Intercession. So once you start saying, okay, I'm inviting Jesus in, I need to then start praying, interceding. I need to say, okay, what, what is the plan? Maybe you're praying for someone else. Maybe you're praying for a situation. Maybe you're looking at a mountain. You're looking at it all the time. But part of the problem is what we look at and the way we look at it. There's a story of a woman that looked across the street through her window and said, you know, that woman, she hangs out her sheets every day, and they're filthy. One of these days, I'm going to go over there and give her a piece of my mind, tell her she does not know how to wash clothes. And the husband went and got the ladder out, cleaned the window off, and her sheets were white as snow. Here, the woman had been looking through a dirty glass. There's nothing wrong with the sheets. Sometimes we do that. We put filters on our eyes and we look at things maybe not the way God would tell us to look at them. And we need to let the Holy Spirit, the invitation of Christ inside us say, okay. But you know how you find that stuff out? When you start praying for either yourself or a situation or someone else, God starts showing you things. He starts revealing to you. Have you asked God for a plan or an answer to what you're facing? You know, God knows I mean, think of all the things in the Bible. Walk around Jericho six times. Don't say anything. On the seventh time, I'm going to tell you when, then scream. Shout. Doesn't sound like a great battle plan, but, you know, it worked. God says to, to um, Gideon, here's how I want you to attack these guys. I want you to do this. I want you to take torches. Put them under, under these uh, vases. And when I tell you, break them. Okay, but there's like, God, there's, there's like a hundred thousand, I mean, there's a lot of guys, but it worked. You see, it's amazing when God knows exactly what you're facing, and he knows how to do it. Look at Jehoshaphat. Hey, listen, don't send your warriors out, send the singers out. Now, I am a fighter. I don't see singing people fighting. I, I could do a demonstration now, but it would really get us off track. <laughs> but I want to so bad. <laughs> but I'm going to crucify my flesh and not do that demonstration for you right now. But I just want you to know that God said, do that. And these people got all confused and started killing each other. God's plans always work. You can't get a better plan than what God has. My wife is always saying, let's quit asking people. Let's ask God. Part of you are just doing like what we all do. I don't want to ask God because he might hang up on me. Or what if he doesn't answer? I have found that God is never really too busy. It's just sometimes he doesn't always tell me what I want to hear. So you know that commercial where you get... Uh, what is it, they call it nose blind or something where the woman comes in, the kid's got all the smelly socks and they don't smell them because they smell them all the time and then they do the spray, whatever that is. Sometimes I think that's like us with God. I don't want to hear that. So we just, na 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 na. Like if you have a car problem, just turn the radio up. Car problem goes away. Isn't that what we do? Okay, so get the plan from God. If you ask the Lord, I need your help, you're admitting you know what? I don't have all the answers. I need you. 
So God is our refuge. He is our habitation. He is the one. In him we live, we move, we have our being. So if that's the case, then God, show me how you want me to do this. Because ultimately, really, it's his plan. He's just going to use you to carry out the kingdom work. When we do what, we're, what I'm saying here according to Psalm 91, that's why we're protected. Because it's his refuge. I love what PK said at our leadership meeting the other day. She said she'd been waiting on her vitamin C to come in. And the Lord, and there's nothing wrong with taking vitamin C. So if you take vitamin C, that's cool. She got vitamin C gummies. Those are good. Okay, I haven't had candy in a long time. Those are good. And she's like, I need you to take these. I'm like, okay, do you got any more? I never had stuff like that when I was a kid. I always had stuff that was always painful or tasted like puke. But so that was good. But anyway, the Lord kind of stopped her and she said, you know, vitamin C is not your refuge. I am your refuge. And she's like, that's right. It's okay to take vitamin C, but I can't put my faith in that. I put my faith in God and then I use wisdom for the things that he's created to help me. Come on, somebody. So it's okay to use medicine. I'm just saying, but God is our refuge. Here's our third instruction. So now that we're interceding, these all start with I. So instruction, you can go to the Bible app and you can download these or you can write on them or whatever. <clears throat> Obedience. Doing whatever he tells us. He's going to give you instruction. You have to carry it through. You have to do, put action with it. Because if you don't, who will? And God gave you a, an incredible personality. You can do it different than probably somebody else. Could he still get it done? I'm sure he could. He may use somebody else, and they may not do it the same way you did because their personality is different. But we have to be obedient to the Lord. You have to follow the instructions. Now, I'm just telling you things from my life, okay? My life. Um, my wife, I would do anything for her. You've heard me week after week uh, say those kind of things. Love her and all of that. And I heard her say one time, I just love those little dogs and those little wiener dogs. They're so cute. So I said, I'm going to get her a wiener dog because I'll be the hero. So I went to the Lord and said, God, can I get Kim a wiener dog? Now, I could call it a dachshund, but it's more fun to say wiener. Just ornery like that. So I said, can I get her a wiener dog? And the Lord said to me, he said, yes. And I said, yes. But it was like he was still going to talk, but I didn't. I was done. I got my answer. So I went and got a wiener dog. And his name was Max. He was black and tan, and he was cute. And my youngest son, Sam, and him bonded like, oh, they were awesome. But Max... I could go out and get the mail and come back in, and Max just saw me leave, and I'd come back in, and he would just pee all over the floor. You could do that five times, and he would pee five times. And to the point where you were cleaning up pee all the time. And one time, on different occasions, Sam and Max were just wrestling, and Sam was rolling on the ground, and Max was too excited, so it was almost like a hose. And Kim is like, Brett! you got to do something with this dog. And she said, either that dog goes or I go. We've missed her for a while, but she came back to us. No. <laughs> we, uh, we had to get rid of the dog. And, but see, here's what I didn't understand. The plan that God had, I had another church that had uh, offered me a position at the time. And 
uh, within about six months from that time, and I had left. I, was, I didn't know I was going to be leaving, but there was a, it was a, a great church, a bigger opportunity, and the Lord had opened this door wide open and told me to, you know, to go. And we couldn't take the dog. And so I had to get rid of the dog, of which caused a lot of heartache between my son and myself. And, you know, and, and I hurt his feelings. And, and you know, he, he loves me. Uh, we got through it. But what I'm saying is I did that by not listening to the whole thing. Had I stayed and listened for the instruction, I would have known if I, I could have just waited six months or a year and then got the dog. And I wouldn't have ever walked through that. But I didn't do that. So we have to serve him with all our heart. We have to listen. And here's our fourth thought, investment. So what do you have to do that, you know, if the Lord gives you a plan, then you have to be all in. If you, or, you know, half in isn't going to do. If you're like, I'm believing God for this, but if you have a plan B, your plan B is your plan A. I'm going to believe God to get me out of debt, but if he doesn't, I have MasterCard. Well, just go ahead and use your MasterCard because that's what your faith is in. So understand that you have to have God, I'm all in, so how do you want me to do that? If you want to get out of debt, then ask God for a plan on how to do that. If you don't know how to do that, you can see me. I'll help you do that. That's fine, but then you have to follow that out. You have to walk that out. You have to have an investment. If you sow something, um, that's what... How many knows that when fish and bread were sowed, what was multiplied? Fish and bread. When oil was sowed, what was multiplied? Oil. So you can sow things, and that's what will multiply. We have given cars away. Guess what I got back? Cars. I gave computers away. Guess what I got back? Computers. I gave a guy my watch. The Lord told me to take off a watch. Within two weeks, I had five watches. People were just coming in. The UPS guy came in and go, here's your package. I'm supposed to give you my watch. And he just handed me his watch and took off. I, you know, I'm just like, oh. But again, the kingdom always works by laws. If you understand the laws, then you can operate in the kingdom. If you didn't have what you needed to sow, then Paul says you can sow money because money, you can name it for anything. So we've done that. Uh, when we first got into ministry, I think I sewed a button because <laughs> I wanted clothes and I didn't have any money. And I said, let's put that in there. And uh, we believed for clothes. I wasn't, you know, I had clothes, but not clothes I wanted to, you know, as I was going out to speak and stuff. I, and, and she needed some stuff. We didn't tell anybody. In two weeks, somebody came up to us with a check and said, I'm supposed to give you this for clothes, and it was a check for $500. Like, I mean, we start, now listen to me. I'm putting things together in my mind, how this is working. I, whew, okay. And the Lord had told us to do different things. I need you to sow this and sow that and, and give this money. I don't want to give that money. I need you to do that. So then we would give it in faith. But God, it's going to be Christmas time. I don't know how to, what am I going to do for my kids for Christmas? And, you know, it'd be quiet. He wouldn't say anything because he, he's just wanting me to obey. So we would sow the money, and it would be a large amount. And then in, uh, within just a short time period, somebody would come up and go, I, and we didn't tell anybody. I'm supposed to give you this money for Christmas, and it'd be a check for $1,200 or something. And we'd be like, what? you got to understand, to see the kingdom, then you have to be all in. I mean, really, to, to see it and experience it. You'll see it whether you're all in or not, because those that are, you'll get to witness it. That's how it pulls them in. They're like, that's incredible. I'm almost finished, all right? 2 Samuel I'll just, 23, 11, and 12 talks about a guy named Shama. And, and I'm just going to paraphrase this. Shama basically 
the uh, Philistines were coming and robbing them, and he had a small plot of land that he had had enough. Have you ever had enough? And I've preached this before, just from this scripture. Shama had said, okay, that's it. You are not taking any more of my stuff. Do you know the enemy is a thief, and he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy? If anything's happening to you that has anything to do with those three items, you can count on it. It's not God. It's the enemy. Now, if you've had enough, this is what Shama did. Shama's like, okay, I'm done. And he took and he stood in his ground, grabbed himself a stick or whatever, and stood there and said, it's on. And this is how I preached it. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. So... You know, we've had things where we went through this pandemic and we were like, okay, we've upgraded all of our stuff uh, to another level <laughs> and, and uh, the enemy is just being a, a snot booger again. So that's okay. God, will, he's bigger than that. So next week when you come, we'll have all the bugs worked out. And we're doing great things to try to get this completely live streamed online and everything that we do. It's all good. It's not going to stop us. If this all went down, I'd just grab, you know, we'd just turn on the lights and I'd preach the way it is. If the lights went off, we'd preach here in the dark. It's going to be okay. What I'm saying is start where you are, use what you got, do what you can. We didn't get out of debt overnight. We didn't get in debt overnight. We had to start where we were and say, okay, God, what's the plan? And be fully vested in that and say, okay, I'm going to do whatever you say. So in other words, if I'm going to seek first the kingdom, I'm going to sow into the kingdom first. God, you're my first. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And I'm going to honor you in my giving. And then it is incredible. We've been sowing for years and years. And now we decided we're going to sow some more seed. We started sowing seed and things started happening. We got a kickback check from this. We got this came in. We had this came in. And we we're looking at each other going, God is amazing. Somebody here has, a, and I said this in first service and nobody said it was them. You have a bill or something for $63.29. If that's you, you need to see me because I'm going to pay for it. If that's you. Anyway, <laughs> so start where you are, use what you, you got, and do what you can. But let's think about this. Jesus used five loaves and two fish. The woman had just a little jar of oil, so she's going to use what she had. They just had the Long John Silver's lunch from the little boy. So they just had that. Moses' staff turned into a snake when he threw it down because God said, just throw it on the ground. His staff turned the waters bloody when they said, put it into the water. Dew turned into manna, water from a rock, voices to drop the walls of Jericho, mud and spit opened eyes, water into wine, praising won the victory for Jehoshaphat, seven times dipping in the water made leprosy go away, stick thrown in there to make the water sweet. Uh, speaking life, putting people out causes little girl to live again. Get out of the room. You don't want to believe? Go over there. I need people that will believe. And he begins to say all those kind of things. Believe in the name of Jesus. Just uh, causes a man to walk and leap and praise God. God. Just write this down. Listen to what I'm telling you. God won't do what you can or what you should. Quit asking God to do what you're supposed to do. It's time we quit being lazy. We want to move of God. Let's do it. God will honor that. He'll back it up. But we have to be hungry and thirst for him. There are going to be people coming here from every walk of life. There'll be people in here that are on drugs. And people are here that are addicted to this and that and whatever. And God will set them free. 
Because of the people of God and the presence of God and the power of God will deliver them. And they will leave this place and there won't be any sign that we could pay as much for when people will be like, what happened to you? I had an encounter with Jesus because he got invited And when he comes in, he starts rearranging the furniture, man. He starts saying, this doesn't go here. It goes over here. This doesn't even go here at all. Let's get rid of this. And he starts cleaning house. Here's our last thought, okay? Miracles give you inspiration. So the last one is inspiration. They're for people that believe. But they're a lot, mostly, for people that don't believe. Because they see that and they go, oh, my word. How did that happen? How did that happen? And Jesus would say, follow me. And they would would follow him because they're like, how did he do that? I got to find out more what this guy's doing. Or you've met someone that you knew before and then they've had an encounter with God. And that's not even the same person. I mean, I've read some of Carletta's testimony and just see what God's done in her life. She'd be like, if you knew her testimony, you might want to ask her something. She's like, oh, my word. Because God has done some great things in her life. So that's amazing. And people see that and go, that's not the person I knew before. Listen. I've had great opportunities. I believe more are coming. But I believe God is going to use this place in such a way that when we originally started this church, it was... True Life Church, not church as usual. And we always thought, well, that was, that's pretty cool. But, you know, it's okay to have usual church. There's nothing wrong with usual church. But we want, and if we have a service that is kind of usual, that's okay. But what about the times when people come in and they're broken? And they just need help. You know, when somebody's hungry, you can tell them all day long. God will supply. God will supply. But you know what they want? Shut up and give me some food. I'm hungry. Show me that God will supply. What if God wants to use you? What if it's you? The Bible says when you help the poor, God repays you. That's huge, man. I had the privilege of speaking at youth camp last year for um, Pastor Gary's church. And I've done it. For years, but I'm honored that they'd asked me to come back. And there was about 80, 90 students there. And God usually uses me in healing. And so, I, you know, I, I spoke and I felt impressed. And I actually I prayed for Ellie just out in the hall. She goes, "Pray for me," <laughs> and uh, because I this this kid came up to make a long story short, he had he was deaf in his one ear he, he couldn't hear out of his one ear and God opened his ear in front of all these students and I mean his face was like say that again and so you know I was whispering and he, and he goes ah. you know and so he was excited well then now listen to what I'm saying then other students are like oh my how did that happen and and so now I got kids that were black white doesn't matter what color does it? Doesn't matter to God. He created us all. Doesn't matter to me. So that's why it's hard for me to understand all this garbage that's going on. But that's another story. But I mean, there are kids in there that are from gangs 
that, that started going to church. They've been in gangs. They're trying to get out of gangs. But, you know, once you get in a gang, you try to get out, and they will hurt you. And these, these kids are, like, sitting back in their chairs, like, you know, just kind of like if you're riding the ride, shooting the loop. You don't know what the loop is, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and now they're sitting up straight. You know why they're sitting up straight? Because they can't explain what started happening. Then the kid came up and said, I'm really struggling. I'm so tired of my eyesight and da-da-da-da-da. So I prayed for their eyes. And the Lord healed their vision. And remember the Spider-Man movie when, uh, the, when Peter Parker, you know, he tried to put his glasses on. It was all blurry. Remember that? I don't know if you remember that or not. But there's a part in there. Well, this kid, I prayed for their eyes. I had them take their glasses off, and I prayed for their eyes. And he, and he put his glasses back on. He's like, I can't see. I, and he had his glasses on. I said, well, you got your glasses on. I said, before, they were blurry before you put your glasses on. He goes, right. He said, now, he said, it, I put my glasses on, they're blurry. And I looked at him. I remember getting down. I said, it's because your eyes are healed. And the kid goes, dude. And then it started, he, he was like, and these other kids are like, what? I had like eight kids coming up, taking their glasses, oh, pray for my eyes. And they just, you know, and so I started praying for people's eyes. God started doing all kinds of stuff. And there's things that if they weren't right because of the presence and the power of God. Now listen, you don't have to be a pastor to have this. It's not because I was Pastor Brett. Pastor Brett puts his pants on just like you, one leg at a time. It was because I invited Jesus. That's what it was. And I had people that came up, and they didn't even know why they came up. But you remember the man at the Gadarenes? When Jesus walked up, he started manifesting, and the, the demons were like, Jesus and what do you want and he cast them in the pigs and the pigs ran over you know that story it was crazy I started seeing stuff just like the Bible was happening they come up and want prayer and they come up and the one kid started contorting and stuff started you know and the other kids were screaming and you know and you just you know what you do in him we live we move and we have our being and the Jesus in me said stand up so I would, because the authority given, I would be able to do that. And that kid would be freed just like that. And the kids, then you'd start seeing those gang kids. And they're in line. And they're, but they're too cool. They want to make sure that they don't, you know, they're like, you know, pray for me. And so I'd pray for them. Some of them, you know, it didn't seem like anything happened. Others. It doesn't matter to me whether anything happens or not. I mean, that I see, because that's not what I'm going on. But yet we'd start seeing kids getting freed. And there's some things that would happen. Some kids say, you prayed for me, and I, there would nothing happen to my eyes. I still was the way I was. And later on in camp that week, I went, you know, they, I got a, a letter, or not a letter, I'm sorry, but they talked to me later and, uh, and said that their, their vision was better within days. They were just was getting better every day. Now, I, I'm not an eye doctor. I just serve the doctor. And so do you. But here's what I'm asking you. In these next weeks to come, I want you just to hang on to your seat. I want you to believe God. And, and when the Lord shows up, and I believe he will, 
I want you just to trust me. I promise PK and I, I'm not going to let anything happen to you or anything crazy or weird. But sometimes my normal is not God's normal. So just know that. But yet nothing, he won't hurt you. He won't harm you. Did you know that God won't do that? You can trust him. You can rest easy. And it doesn't mean, and now some of you are thinking, well, I ain't even going to let him pray for me. I'm not going anywhere close to him. Mm-mm-mm. I pray for a lot of people. I'm just saying, you don't have to fall down. Nothing has to happen to you up here other than you have to just receive whatever the Lord wants. I'm not even going to ask for an altar for you to come up. All I'm telling you is, we're going to have a move of God here coming. That's what I'm telling you. And I want you to be okay with that. And if you're not, I want you to be okay with that. And if you have to leave, I want you to be okay with that. <laughs> but I want you, I'm, am I going to change? I'm not going to change that. If God wants to do what he wants to do, that's what we're going to do. But it's going to be okay. And that's what I wanted you to know. I wanted you to know that at least you can go. And if I can explain it to you, I will. If I don't know, I'll flat out tell you. Mm, I don't know. But I'll find out. And then God will show me. And, and you'll be all right. I've seen God take care of people over and over again. And I got one more story. I know it's 1154. It's just me full of God just wanting to get something out and then I'll be done okay I'm gonna jump down here ready praying for an <laughs> nice <laughs> father in Jesus name. no <laughs> touch him till his eyes pop out anyway I was I was up front at the church I was praying for in my my wife can tell you this had people there that saw this besides me crazy i mean i'm just like are you kidding me older woman 70 something maybe more maybe 80 i don't know she came up for prayer and god was just i was praying for students mostly i was praying for like you know uh, students and they, they were we had seen like 50 there was a high school across the street and like 50 kids got saved all in a short period of time big kids little kids kids that climbed on rocks tough kids sissy kids even kids with chicken pox we prayed for them. yes we prayed for them. no anyway but we prayed for them. and uh i mean it's all big guy just you know uh, you can pray for me but i'm not falling i'm like i don't care if you fall i don't care if you dance i don't care i'll pray for you and that big kid, man, he started just shaking. And he didn't fall forward or back. He just fell like straight down. Mm, hit the ground. And all these other students are like, dude, oh my gosh. You know, because this big guy is on the ground. And he's just, they're like, they didn't think that would ever happen. Back to my story. Aren't you glad you came? Old woman sitting right, standing here. She comes up. She's about this tall, you know. And so I prayed for her. I, I remember praying for her, and I remember her starting to go out in the Spirit. So people call that slain in the Spirit, go out in the Spirit. What else do they call that? Falling out. Whatever. But, you know, you don't have to do that. But anyway, that's... And, and so we, we... Normally we had ushers there. Of course, during a pandemic, we can't touch you. But this wasn't during the pandemic. 
But I didn't know she was going to fall. The ushers were down here, and I was working my way, you know, through the crowd, so to speak. And she starts falling, and I'm, this is what I'm thinking. I'm going to kill her. I don't want to, but, I mean, she's like 80-something, and she starts falling, and I can't get a hold of her. And she's like, ah, you know, and she's going to go down, and I'm trying to grab her. And the usher's down here, he's like, you know, oh, it's too late. She, people all around, just like went in slow-mo. And there were, there were pews, not seats. And the pew goes, whoosh, opened up, and she went, and let her, just laid on the ground real, and then the pew went, whoosh, and her head was underneath the pew. She didn't hit the ground hard. There's no, I mean, I thought she's going to hit her head and, you know, call 911, local pastor kills woman, you know. I mean, and I was like, <gasps> and there were people over here, everybody was gasping. And there were people going, did you see that? And I first thought, I am the only one that saw that. They'll think I'm making that up. But there were probably, I don't know, six, eight, ten of us. They were all like, oh, my word. And we asked her later, did you, did you feel anything? She said, no. She said, it was just like, <laughs> I said all that just to tell you, God's amazing. And you might not think that whoever you're praying for or whatever you're doing is significant because this particular woman had given me the raspberries for a long time. <laughs> she was trying to get me fired. I wanted to pray for her about like I wanted to go get a molar replaced or something. You know what I mean? I'm human. I was trying to remove myself and pray the love of God on her. And I, and I was able to do that because I'm like, Lord, this isn't about any of that. And you know what? God is bigger than your issue. And that's what I found out. When I started asking the Lord, I'm like, but Lord, you know what she's trying to do? It's not like it doesn't take him by surprise. He's bigger than that. You know what he tells me? Let me worry about her. That's what he says. He's told me that same thing about her. I'd be worried about her. He goes, you let me take care of her. He, he's not going to say let me worry about her because he doesn't worry. But let, I've got her. Get your mind off that. This is about you being who God wants you to be and getting clarity on what God wants you to do and walking it out and seeing God do what he does. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes?